So, Mike, we've gotten some feedback that the show has been a little dark recently. That's probably true. I mean, with shipwrecks and nuclear weapons and exploding lakes and children disappearing in fires. and Okay, I, I get it. I get it. I thought today we could talk about some of the most adorable animal competitions that I could find on Wikipedia. Sign me up. I think we're going to start with the most adorable. Does that work for you? I would like that. Hamster racing is where we'll begin today. Hamster racing is a sport in which hamsters are placed in wheels or balls, which are often fitted to miniature racing vehicles and sent straight down a 9-meter or 30-feet course. Wait, so the wheels are like built into like a plastic race car or an airplane or something? Of course they are. That's awesome. <laughs> As you may imagine, uh, the, the mechanics of this race are not complicated. The hamster crossing the finish line in the shortest amount of time wins. And according to the Wikipedia article that this episode is based on, as of 2001, the world record time for this course setup is 38 seconds. I mean, is that fast? Like, I don't have uh, any frame of I reference. I mean, in 2001, <laughs> at least. Come on, Wikipedia editors, you should update this article. Maybe nobody's done it. Or maybe you could be that person, Stephen. You could host a hamster race. These events may feature as few as two hamsters, or many teams of hamsters, and of course, human pit crews. <laughs> hamster balls may be simple spheres or feature many design modifications purported to increase the performance and style of the race vehicle. Like many sports, there are a couple of different classes in hamster racing. So it follows a couple of different species classifications, dwarfs and Syrians. They are also often divided into other racing classes, such as novice, patent, and then also long-haired and short-haired hamsters. Naturally, in some countries, gamblers can place money on the outcome of these races. Stephen, how popular is hamster racing? I mean, it seems like something that would maybe happen at, like, a country fair or, like, as part of a school sports day. Like, I don't think this really seems like a thing. Well, I have some news for you. 16 years ago, again, 2001, Keeps popping up. Big, it was a big year of hamster racing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the pinnacle. So 16 years ago, an epidemic of foot and mouth disease caused the cancellation of some British horse races and other sporting events. To boost their lagging bookmaking incomes, betting agencies introduced and promoted the concept of professional hamster racing. A hamster racing series was organized with the rodents racing in hamster dragsters. A series of qualifying rounds were held over a week, with then a final race. The event was webcast live on the internet and generated significant media interest, including four-page articles in many UK newspapers, as well as live reports on BBC and Sky News. Do you remember this? I do not remember it. Like, I feel like my life could be so much more different if I would have remembered this. Like, I do remember <laughs> the foot and mouth outbreak, like, because it was like a huge thing in this country. Like, everyone had to, like, step into these buckets whenever they went near a park. It was like a whole big deal. But I do not remember hamster racing as taking over the nation. So let's talk a little bit about sponsorship. In early 2007, Petco announced the return of biannual hamster races all of its stores. The event is branded Petco Hamster Ball Derby and takes place in late March and early September of each year. The 2006 races featured more than 14,000 amateur race hamsters and their owners in Petco stores across the country. In May 2006, MTV began promotion of Hamtrak 06, a world tour of professional hamster races <laughs> featuring teams sponsored by many UK publications, including The Sun, XFM, the UK version of Pimp My Ride from MTV, and many others. <laughs> An eight-month-old female Syrian hamster, Michelle Shoehamster, which is Michael Schumacher is what they're going for, I think, mm -hmm. was victorious in a 24th career win. 
Congratulations, Michelle. We do have some more adorable competitions to discuss on today's episode, but first, let me thank Squarespace for their support of this show. Make your next move with Squarespace. They let you easily create the website that you have for your next idea or even to just arrange your next hamster race. With a unique domain, award-winning templates available to you and so much more, they are the all-in-one platform to help you put what you want online. Whether you want to create a store, blog, site for your business, or just about anything at all, Squarespace has all the tools you need with nothing to install, nothing to worry about patching and no upgrades needed. They have 24-7 support as well and you can sign up for a free trial. Just go to squarespace.com and when you sign up for a plan, use the code UNGENIUS for 10% off. Their plans start at just $12 a month but you get that 10% off when you use the code UNGENIUS to check out Squarespace. Make your next move, make your next website. Up next we have pig racing, a sport, I'm going to put sport in air quotes, mm-hmm. a sport in which juvenile pigs race around a small enclosed dirt, grass, or gravel track. There's no official gambling here. Pig racing is often seen at family-friendly events like county fairs, but is also practiced in many backyard setups. As you can probably guess, pig racing is most popular in the southern United States. Oh, yeah? Mm. The city of Charlotte, North Carolina, will occasionally host pig races before other sporting events. You know, you got to warm people up. The annual Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo bills itself as the largest pig racing event in the world and the second largest fair or festival of any kind in North America. Little fun fact. It is well known that you live in the South, Stephen. Um, Mm -hmm. Come on. How many pig races have you been to? (laughs) You know, I really like scoured my memories for for this. And I don't think I've seen one. And like you and the hamster racing uh, 16 years ago, I feel like I've really missed out. There's still time for you. It's true. You can you can go now. I got a backyard. You do. It's big enough for some pigs to run around in. We can work mm-hmm. on that. All right. It's time to leave mammals behind. Let's talk about turtle racing. Participants typically place turtles in the center of a circle and watch them walk around until one of them happens to cross the outside of the circle. It's like an accidental race, really. <laughs> yeah. While turtle racing typically takes place on land, they have a they have occasionally occurred in pools as well. Some races begin with the turtles racing from a starting location and end when they reach a designated finish line. I like that distinction because it's kind of like all races, but the thing that's worth remembering is they're not necessarily aiming for the finish line. They kind of just find their way there naturally. <laughs> Stumble across it. Outdoor races occasionally start the turtles in a sunny spot near a shaded area, and the turtles by nature will race to get to the shade. <laughs> they're chill. They're just a bunch of chill animals. Turtles are often distinguished by numbers painted on or taped to their shells. Of course, you don't want any mix-up. No, not at all. Like pig racing, this is a pretty American thing. Several towns hold annual Turtle Day festivals with racing at the center of the festivities. One town in Arkansas holds races in conjunction with a beauty pageant that crowns the Turtle Derby Queen. It's my secret dream, Mike. um, Several estimates have been given for the average speed of a racing turtle. In 1930, organizers of a large turtle race in Pittsburgh said that their turtles could reach speeds of up to a foot every 30 seconds. At the 1974 Canadian Turtle Derby, the champion turtle raced from the center of a 25-foot circle to its edge in 39 seconds. Again, there's no reference here. These numbers... Don't mean anything. They're just numbers. Here's a little a little info for you, Mike. The size of a turtle does not necessarily serve as an indicator of how fast that turtle will race. Some turtle racers have been surprised at the speed that smaller turtles exhibit. So what you're saying is it's not about the size of the turtle. 
but it's how fast the turtle Stop. moves. Stop. Stop. <laughs> While it may be a piece of Americana, it didn't start there. Turtle racing initially became a popular pastime in the Bahamas in the early 20th century. The earliest known American event took place in Chicago in 1902. Dubbed the strangest race ever run by the Chicago Daily Tribune, seven turtles raced across a lawn while being ridden by small children. Although spectators attempted to lure them towards the finish line with cabbages, they were not able to coax the turtles to move in a straight line. I will say the strangest race ever run was in the 1904 Olympic Games, which we covered in a previous episode of this show, and we'll put a link in the show notes. I think that is actually the strangest race that's ever been run. But anyway, over the next few years, events will pop up in Florida, Oklahoma, California, and even Hawaii. Turtle racing has since become popular in Canada, with the Canadian Turtle Derby being ground zero. There were just, there were just 83 turtles at the initial 1972 event, but the field swelled to 447 racers by 1983. Sadly, the annual event ended in 2002. Road trip cancelled. In 2007, Conservation International organized what they billed as the Great Turtle Race in order to raise awareness for the plight of the endangered leatherback turtle. They tagged several turtles in Costa Rica with satellite tracking tags before the turtles began their annual migration to the Galapagos Islands. The first turtle to arrive at the islands was deemed the winner, obviously. There are some dark sides to the sport. No! Many... <laughs> I know. <laughs> Gotta keep it light. Gotta keep it light. Come on. It's, it's at the end. All Many right. turtle races use wild turtles that are caught for use in the events, although this practice is illegal in many places. Although turtle trapping is illegal in Nebraska, several turtle races have been granted permission to trap turtles by the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission under the condition that the turtles be returned to the ponds in which they were caught after the races are complete. Can you imagine you sign up to be a civil servant, right? You, you go into the Game and Parks Commission, you're going to help make the earth a better place, and then you have to make a ruling on turtle races. It is a. Uh, I don't think it's something you necessarily sign up for. I don't, I don't think no. that's that's what you think you're getting when you take that job. Turtle racing may also be illegal if bets are collected due to gambling regulations. In the United States, arrests have been made due to illegal gambling at turtle races almost as long as turtle racing has existed. Yeah, uh, you know, cat and mouse or cat and turtle. Animal rights activists have described the sport as cruelty to turtles, especially as some participants have tried things like shocking the animals to have them move faster. That's not right. Just don't do that. Don't do that. So I think we've we've successfully covered something a little bit lighter this week. I feel mm-hmm. good about it. I feel like we've done good work. Uh, I really want to buy a hamster now for some reason and sure. race him. Sure. Uh, I could build a track in my office. I could just go around. Man, you're gonna have like a real, real mess going on out there. Pigs in the garden, hamsters in the office. It's gonna be, it's gonna be <laughs> it's a, a scene. A, a turtle just wandering across, looking for shade. You could make a lot of money. I know. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done podcasting. I'm going to race turtles for a living. If you want to find show notes this week to read more about these topics or to listen to Ungenius episode ten that Mike mentioned, you can find links at relay.fm/ungenius/thirty-seven. You can get in touch with us there as well. There's an email address, or you can find us on Twitter. The show is at Ungeniest. Mike is I-M-Y-K-E, and you can find me there at I-S-M-H. And until the next time we cross the finish line, Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Adios.